This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Sure good to be in your home today. I know you are ready to grow and lift our thinking, lift our believing. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 10 through 12. And it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You know, as I'm praying for you and, and what we're going to be talking about in these shows just the importance of diligence in our life. You know, God wants you and I to inherit the promises. He wants us to fulfill His will upon the earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to, to bring things from the unseen into the seen realm. He wants you and I to experience His power, His goodness, His faithfulness. And so we've been talking about the power of diligence and, and how important diligence is. Now, let's look at verse 10. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work, and labor of love. You know, God doesn't forget the things that you do for Him, that, that you do for His kingdom, that you do to bring Him honor and glory. He doesn't forget the times that you've gone after God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and you discovered your gifts and your talents and your passions, and you got involved in the businesses you're supposed to get involved in, and you got involved in the church that you're supposed to get involved in, and you, you were obedient. You, you did what needed to be done. You were that, like Paul describes, you were that joint in the body that God was supplying you and you in turn were supplying the rest of the body. You were making a difference for the glory of God. He says, I don't forget. God doesn't forget the offerings that you've given. He doesn't forget the seeds that you've sown. He doesn't forget the prayers that you've prayed. God does not forget how precious you are to Him. He says He doesn't forget your work and labor of love. You know, our work is supposed to be a labor of love. Our work, the word work means a lot of different things. It means to serve. It means to minister. And God wants us to get into our work. Work means to also become. He wants us to find the gifts and the passions and the desires and the calling of God upon our life. And He wants us to be the best us that we can be. He says that's a labor of love. Why would He say it's a labor of love? Because you're in the process of loving Him. And you're in the process of loving yourself enough to discover why you're on this earth, why you're wired the way you're wired, why you're gifted the way you're gifted. He says, I don't forget your, your work, your labor of love. Let's, let's go to the, I believe to the left here, and, and let's look at 1 Thessalonians real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Your work. Think about your work. Are you just going to a job or are you doing your work? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. <laughs> Did you hear that? To mind your own business. Mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Notice he says, mind your own business and to work, work with your own hands. 
Now, go to the left there, Mark chapter 13. We're talking about you and I finding our work, finding our gifts, our passions, our desires, and, and getting where we're supposed to get and make a difference for the glory of God. You know, God, he'll, he'll use anybody. I mean, in the Bible, he used a donkey. And if he could use a donkey, he could use me. He could use you. You know, there were times that he used fish. He used all different types of stuff. So we qualify. You're worthy for God to use you. I'm worthy for God to use me. And, and so let's get to where we're supposed to go and let's work. Work is not a dirty word. You know, if you're a mom or dad, we should be working. You know, kids, we should be working. I'm so thankful that my mom and dad had a good work ethic. And as a young boy, they taught me how to work. You know, I remember being out there, you know, building pens and stuff with my dad at a young age and, and cleaning horse pens and hoeing weeds and hoeing stickers and painting the fence and just doing whatever needed to be done. Just sweating as a young kid, not knowing any better, but it taught me how to work. And so whenever I got older and, and got into the workforce, it was not a surprise to me how to work. And in today's generation, I want to encourage you, let, let's get off our backside Let's, let's get out of bed. Let's decide to be diligent. Remember diligence? Some of the definitions of diligent means to be passionate, means to be fervent. It means to be early. It means to be prompt. A lot of kids in today's society, they think they can oversleep and just stay in bed and they're still going to get paid for it. And that's, that's, not gonna, that's not helping them. It's not helping our society. But when we're diligently going after God, and we're diligently in the process of being the best us we can be, we can add value everywhere we go. Mark chapter 13, verse 34, he says, It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work. To each his work. You know, there's no such thing as a person without purpose. There's no such thing as a person without giftedness. There's no such thing as a, a person without a passion or a person without a desire or a, a person without a calling. We, we're all created to do something. We're all created to work. We're all created to serve. It's supposed to be a, a labor of love that we love God so much that we want to be the best us we can be. And we discover our work and we make a difference in the people that were around. We make a difference on that job site. We make a difference in the churches we, we are a part of. We make a difference in this world. He says, I don't forget that you stayed in the process of loving me and being the best you you can be. And I want you to show the same diligence. Remember definitions of diligence of passion and vehemently and early and, and prompt and before dawn and, and you're on it. That He says, I want you to show the same diligence. He says, don't be lazy and slothful and sluggish and lack and apathetic. He says, be diligent and imitate those who through faith and patience, they inherit the promises. Now, go with me back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And we're talking about you getting in your work. We're talking about the labor of love. We're talking about uh, just the goodness of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We're talking about the importance of diligence. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, but those who come to God must believe. Must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently, diligently seek Him. Diligently, this isn't, remember, this isn't to, to, to shut us down or to push us down. This is to call us up. 
And God is calling us to be more diligent. To the degree that we're diligent is going to determine to the degree we walk in the, our inheritance, that we walk in the things of God. You know that there are different levels of diligence. There's different levels of commitment in the kingdom of God. We're all at a different place. We all have our own race. We all have our own journey. Look with me in John chapter 14, and I just want to I just want to read this to you. Well, before we go there, let's look at Romans 16 verse 12, and I'll just read this to you. And it says, Greet Trophina and Trophosa, who have labored in the Lord. Notice this. Greet the beloved Persa, which labored much in the Lord. So this isn't just saying, hey, how's it going, you know, everybody. No, it's, it, he's pointing out something that the, this group here, they labored in the Lord. But this group here, they labored much in the Lord. Now go with me to, to John 14, verse 31. It says, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So Jesus, what was Jesus saying? He was revealing to us that the Father gave me a commandment, and so I did it. He was saying that I am committed to what God has called and created me to do all the way. I'm so thankful that Jesus wasn't a quitter. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't stop. I'm so thankful that Jesus was committed all the way. He was committed all the way to the cross. He was committed all the way to hell. He was committed all the way to the right hand of the Father. You know, He's still committed right now, praying for you and I at the right hand of the Father. He was committed all the way. But let me ask you this. How's your commitment level? Are you just committed a little bit? You know, there's different groups of commitment or different levels of commitment. And you can see one group, they might go to church on Easter and Christmas. That's, that's one level of commitment. Another group might go maybe once a month or something like that to church. And another group, they might go maybe twice a month. And you might can ask them to do something as long as it don't cut into their football game or their sports or, you know, what they're doing or their family time or, you know, their rest. And, and then there's you and I. We're committed all the way, just like Jesus. We're going to be committed all the way. We're going to be committed all the way through and through, no matter what it takes, how long it takes, where we have to go, what we need to do. We are committed. Now go over with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I just want to read the first couple of verses here. And I want us to think about how far God's commitment was to you and is to you. I mean, think about it. He gave His one and only Son. I would say He's committed all the way. How far was Jesus' commitment to you and I? I would say it was all the way. You know, you look up the word commitment in the dictionary, and it says it's a dedication to a long-term course of action. That I'm not just starting it. Jesus isn't just the, the author of our faith. He's the author and finisher, and everything in between. That's who Jesus is. And so it's easy for us to start things. It's easy for us to get saved. It's easy for us to start going to church. It's easy for us to start renewing our mind. It's easy for us to start working out. It's easy for us to start eating better. It's easy for us to, to start that relationship but we're not only starters, we're finishers. If you're a born-again child of God, you have the DNA of God on the inside of you, and you have what it takes to be a finisher. Maybe you've never finished anything in your whole life. Well, start today realizing that you're going to let the real you come alive, and that real you is a finisher, not just a starter. You know, in Luke 17, it, Jesus has explained to us what faith does. He says, faith is like a servant. 
and you, you send the servant out and they, they work throughout the day and they plow and they take care of the animals. And when they come in at the end of the day, you don't tell them, okay, you sit down now and you let me serve you. No, if they're a servant, he says, you, you, you have them complete the course and then they can rest once they're done doing their job. Faith doesn't just start something. Faith finishes something. God didn't start when He created the world. He's going to be with us all the way to completion. Jesus just didn't start. He finished it. You and I, we don't just start. We finish. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Notice that. They'll be lovers of themselves. What's he saying? They'll be more committed to themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such, turn away. What was he saying? He says, and I believe this is us, this is our generation right here, that they're more committed to their own stuff than they are to God's. They're saying, God, I'll be committed as long as it's convenient. I'll be committed as long as it doesn't interfere with my sports on Sunday or Wednesday. I'll be committed as long as you don't ask me to do too much. You know, in churches, I've pastored churches for several years, and, you know, people have the mentality that if they just, they just show up, that you should bow down and sing hallelujah with the angels just because they showed up to church. You know, that people are okay as long as you don't ask them for more commitment. And you really don't know where a person's commitment level is until you call them to action. That's when it separates the, you know, the, the committed from the uncommitted. You know, it's the pressure of the process that separates the committed from the uncommitted. So I've got to ask myself, how is my commitment level compared to the Father's, compared to Jesus? His nature's in me, so I can be committed to what He needs. In other words, I'm not going to be more committed to my stuff than I am committed to God's stuff. We want to get to the point that we, our stuff is God's stuff. Our job is the job that, that God has, has called us and created us to be at. And yes, we need to be committed. And yes, we want to honor God. But God is telling us in that job to do it as unto Him. And I want to pause there for a moment. Are, are you doing your job as unto the Lord and not unto man? You know, I did a, a leadership teaching not too long ago or a while back. And it was just talking about hiring me and firing me. You know... Are you, are you doing what you're doing as unto the Lord? Would I hire me to run my life? Would I hire me to run my relationship with God? Would I hire me to develop my gifts and talents and abilities? Would I, would I hire me or would I fire me? Man, that's, a, that's a powerful statement. I, I heard that statement from one of my mentors, Paul Martinelli, a couple of years ago, and it just went off on the inside of me, and it just got me to thinking, yeah, would, would I hire me or would I fire me? Well, when it comes to our relationship with God, how committed are you? You know, people have that mentality, uh, a lazy mentality that, okay, at least if I'm going to, you know, clean the church, at least I did it a little bit. They do a halfway job and they think that that's okay. Or at least I gave a, you know, a nickel in the offering and they think that that's okay. It's, it's not okay. If that's not your best, it's not okay. We don't want to have a form of godliness but deny His power. 
You know, we, we wonder and ask ourselves, how come we don't see more healings and miracles and signs and wonders here in the United States like they do over in other places? We think about what they experience in other places and their reverence for the things of God and their diligence. I mean, they are, they're so diligent, they'll travel for days on foot in the 100 degree weather and stand outside and listen to a guy preach for four or six hours. And they just, and that's why they see the blind eyes open and the deaf ears open and the limbs grow out and the things recreated and because they they honor the things of God they value the things of God they value the word of God they value men and women of God they're they're diligent about knowing God and they're diligent about being the best them they can be be diligent we're talking about the heartbeat of the father he says I want each of you that means you watching that means me sitting right here each of us to show the same diligence not to be slothful and sluggish and lazy and apathetic and just, well, whatever, whatever will do, whatever is good enough. No, it's not. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, and if we want to make a difference in this world, it's going to take diligence. Diligence. And this is what Paul is, is writing about here in, in 2 Timothy. He's like, people are more committed to themselves than they are for God. So this is, this is the point that we're making. Where's your commitment level? When God asks you to be there and to be a part of that church and to be a part of the ministry and, and He asks you to do anything, are you committed? Because a lot of times people say, well, I'm not going to submit to any man, but I, I'll tell you, if God asks me to do something, then I'll, I'll do it. God has already asked you to do certain things. He already asked you, don't forget to come together. Don't, don't for, forget the assembling of the saints. He's already asked you to do that. And what have you said? No. He's already asked you to honor God with your finances. And what have you said? No. That church has said they need a, uh, somebody to help in the children's ministry. And you say, well, I, I'm not going to change diapers. And they need help greeting at the door. They need help just doing whatever. And you said no because you think it's below you or beneath you. But if God asks you to do something, you think you're going to say yes? How, how come you've been in this for years and God's never asked you to do something? No, He has. When, when a ministry asks you to do something, that's God. When your boss or somebody asks you to do something, as long as it's in alignment with the Word of God, that's God asking you to do something. He says, you serve that boss like you serve me. But in today's society, if Jesus were to walk into our business, we'd stay on the cell phone for 15 minutes. If Jesus were to walk in, we'd just say, uh, eh, we'll get to you in a minute, and we'd go on talking to our buddy, just kidding around and joking. Ha, 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 ha. I know I'm kind of being firm and everything here with you, but... Why? God is wanting us to come up. He's wanting you and I to, to obtain the promises. And, and we're always wondering, how come, God, why? why? Why am I not seeing more power? Why am I not being promoted? Why am I not seeing the things that I, I, you promised me in the Bible? Could it be the lack of diligence? Could it be the lack of honor and respect for the things of God? Could it be because in our society we've gotten lazier and lazier and slothful and uh, it doesn't matter, I'm just going to go to church with whatever and God's okay with it and I'll just sing whatever and God's okay with it and I'll go to church whenever and God's okay with it. No, that's us wanting God to bless us according to our way of doing things and God isn't going to change His mind and change the way He structured the kingdom just for you or just for me. <laughs> True servanthood is serving someone the way they want to be served, not the way we think they should be served. God wants us to be faithful. 
You know, Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, it talks about you and I being faithful with another man's vision in order to have our own. What's he talking about? Your commitment level determines the degree of the inheritance that you walk in. Your diligence level. Let me put it this way. Whatever you're committed to is where you're going to draw your confidence from. And whenever you're confident, then it's going to, when you're drawing your confidence from your commitment with God and you're, you're confident, then it's going to give you courage to do whatever God tells you to do. And then it's going to give you the ability to conquer in life. What are you committed to? Are you committed to God? Are you committed to yourself? Are you committed to His Word? Are you committed to your sport? Are you you committed to His presence? Are you committed to doing things your way? What are you more committed to? Because your commitment level determines your inheritance level that you walk in. We all have an inheritance, and God wants us to experience every bit of our inheritance, but it's going to be determined by how committed we are. Look with me in John chapter 13, and, and you see... Peter here, in John 13, verse 36 to 38, he says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him, he said, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, don't you think that Peter thought he was committed? Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you wherever you want to go. I'll lay my life down. And Jesus said, oh, oh really? You're going you're gonna to deny me three times before the rooster even crows. Peter thought, no way, that'll, that'll never happen to me. And a lot of times we think we're a lot more diligent than we really are. We think we're a lot more committed than we really are. We think, okay, God, you can count on me in the big situations, but in the little situations, let's let somebody else do that. You know, you, you can't qualify for the big things unless you're faithful with the little things. There's been people in ministry, and like I said, when I was pastoring churches and everything, that, you know, if you ever need anything big, you, you just let me know, and we'll, we'll be there. But if you were to ask them for something little like greeting or returning phone calls or cleaning or grab a broom or whatever it is, no, 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 no. But I'll be there for the big thing. If you need me to be up in front of everybody, if you need me to speak or you need me to do this, I'll be there. No, it's the faithful. It's the little things <clears throat> that qualify us for the big things. If we, oh, Lord, I know if, if I had a lot of money, boy, I'll bless a lot of people. No, you won't if you're not being faithful with the dollar that you have. If you're not being faithful with the $5 you have. If you're not being faithful, Lord, you give me this house, and man, I'll, I'll be faithful, and I'll make sure it's spick and span, but the house you're living in now looks like a tornado has run through it. It's, the, it's being faithful with where we're at and what we have that qualifies us for bigger things. And I know there's a desire on the inside of you that you want to be used by God. You want promotion. You know, Psalm, in Psalm 75, it says, promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. Promotion comes from God. And, and you know what? Diligence will be found out. If you're diligent at work and you're diligent, you're early, you're prompt, you're passionate, you're fervent, you're honest, full of integrity, it's going to be found out. And, and it doesn't matter how 
crooked the boss may be or how difficult the people may be, nobody can stop God's touch of favor. Nobody can stop God's plan for your life whenever you've been diligent. He promises. You think of Joseph. No matter where Joseph went, he was diligent. He was diligent in his relationship with God. He was diligent in being the best him that he could be. And because he was diligent, God was able to promote him. You look at every person that God used in the Bible, they were faithful with the little things and God made them ruler over much. So don't, let's don't kid ourselves thinking that, well, when I, when I get this or when I have that, or I, then I'll be faithful. No, no, no. Let, let's start right where, right where we're at being faithful. Being faithful. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 6. Man, you're doing a great job learning. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Verse 13, it says, When God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, multiply, and I'll multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, this is just going right along with what he said earlier, but I need each one of you to show the same diligence each of us to show the same diligence, the same fervor, the same passion. He says, not sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Then he goes on, and after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What is he saying? Man, this is years in the making. This isn't just Abraham believing for one day or one week or one month or one year. This is years. This is decades in order to obtain the promise. And a lot of times, if we don't get things overnight because we live in such a fast-paced society where we can just nuke anything and put the microwave and we got our meal and, you know, we don't have dial-up anymore. We have, you know, the internet and things just happen just like right now. If it takes more than seconds, we get upset. And, oh my gosh, why is it taking so long? <laughs> but he says, through faith and patience, you and I, we inherit the promises. He was saying, be diligent with the way that you think. Be diligent with your belief. Just today, remember in Hebrews chapter 3, we, we read, hold on to your confidence until the end. Hold on to your confession until the end. Hold on to your passion until the end. Hold on to that fervency until the end. Hold on to that energetic praise and worship until the end. What was he saying? Don't you quit. Don't throw in the towel whatever you've been believing God for. He says, be diligent, be energetic, be diligent with your thoughts, diligent with your word, diligent with your heart, diligent with your actions, diligent with these hands. What's God going to bless? What these diligent hands touch, but you got to give him something to bless. He's saying, stay, stay diligent and obtain the promises. Stay diligent and overcome. Stay diligent and grow into the person God's called and created us to be. Stay diligent and experience everything I have for your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to go over the notes. Get this principle in you, the power of diligence. It'll change your life, and I look forward to seeing you another time.